Are we live? Is it, are we going? Mike, can you, can you hear me, Mike? Uh, yeah, Anthony, I can hear. Hey man, um, did you set up a green screen? Yeah, I got my, is it, it doesn't look right though. No, it, uh, your setup looks a little weird, man. Like the thing I love about digital media is that like, you don't have to try to be different uh, or like, you know, pretend to be something more than you are. Like anybody can do this. I think it's okay to just show your regular setup. You know, you don't have to hide behind a green screen or anything. You can show where you're really at. So I just, I, okay. Yeah, there you go. That looks fine, man. Like your, your studio looks good. And like, you, you're going to get your camera updated. Like, it'll be fine. Don't worry about it. I'm sure, you know, um, I'm sure your patrons can like help you with that. Right. Like uh, shout out to mine, by the way, real quick, uh, patreon.com slash Pokedexpert. Uh, without y'all, I wouldn't be able to go on trips like the one I'm on right now, uh, researching Pokemon all over the world. So thank y'all so much. Uh, I really appreciate it. And patreon.com slash Pokedexpert one would be great to get a patron at some point. Uh, this episode of ask the Pokedexpert is brought to you by Adenable. Audinable is the leading provider of audiobooks, audio dramas, podcasts, and more, with over 800,000 titles and more being added every day. Reading books is hard. There's so many pages, and each of those pages have so many words. Audinable solves that problem by reading the words for you. Audinable has everything from the classics like To Kill a Chatit and The Pyroar, The Miss Magius, and The Wardrobe, to modern tales like the new entry in the Twilight series Midnight Solrock. Set up and play a clip here that is relevant to your listenership. Audinable's model is so easy to understand. Just sign up for a monthly membership and each month you will get a token good for one audiobook. Want another book? They cost about three times your monthly membership, giving you the meaningful choice of what's more important to you, your time or your money. Audinable is just not just about audiobooks anymore either. They have Audinable exclusive podcasts like Pokemon Research and Advice Show, The Pokemon Experts with Phil Keating and uh, Kurt Booten. Audinable is just a click away. <laughs> Get you a free audiobook by heading to audinable.kt slash Pokedexpert. Uh, there was an issue with the, uh, the URL. They couldn't do any vowels. So it's audinable.kt slash PKDXPRT. Now on to the show. Ask the Poka Dexpert. Hello, Anthony, friends. You did a great job on reading that promo, by the way. Oh, oh, thank you. Yeah, I, I hope Audinable likes it. You know, thank you very much for getting us hooked up with them, uh, Mike. It, it, it's been a, a huge boon to us to have some amount of, of a connection with them. Hopefully, if anyone uh, signs up through them, we'll get some sort of a kickback. Uh, yeah, they're great that's... friends of mine. They, you know, they do they do fantastic work with all my books. Uh, so I'm glad I'm glad that they were able to be uh, supportive of your endeavors as well, Anthony. Well, thank you, uh, all of our friends, for coming to join the, the Ask the Pokedexpert live here at Dragonite Con 2020. Uh, we could not be more happy to have everybody here. Uh, so thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, so, of course, this is Ask the Pokedexpert, where we take audience questions and we pick the, the brain of our special guest expert. And I am your host, Anthony Reed. And uh, joining me this week, he is a Pokemon researcher. He is the foremost expert in the fields of Pokemon biology, anatomy, and social biology. Uh, his new book is called The Great Ghastly, and it's available now on Audinable. Uh, and it's Pokedexpert Mike Ellison. Thank you for being here, Mike. 
Oh, thanks so much for having me, Anthony. You know, uh, it, it means a lot that you continue to reach out to me uh, every time you need a guest. Well, and uh, I want to point out that I reached out to you this time, uh, not just because I needed a guest, because I already had another guest, uh, and that would be our special guest who's with us right now, Joe Ard of the Pokemon Go podcast. Uh, Joe, thank you for joining uh, today. Oh, yes, yes. Very happy to be here today. Uh, I, I really appreciate you coming to talk to us. You know, the, the convention was so nice to get us hooked up together so they, that we could have a conversation. And I, I'm really glad to start digging into some of these questions I have for you. Uh, like, how do you sleep at night, you monster, supporting what is uh, an, a disgusting display in the Pokemon Go game that's out there teaching habits about uh, the, the just throwing away the sanctity of life of Pokemon, grinding them into candy. It's it's disgusting. How do you how do you sleep? How do you look at yourself in the mirror? So here's the thing. If you take a herd of Mareep and you shave them down and you take that electric wool, it makes a really, really good pillow top for your bed. And I, I sleep like a baby. It's it's amazing. Okay. Yeah, I, Anthony, it, yes. it sounds, so I'm sorry, I've been, I've been out of the loop a little bit, you know, uh, out in the field doing research. Joe, can you tell me a little bit more about what Pokemon Go is and what your podcast does? Well, so here's the thing. A lot of parents do not like to send their kids out when they're 10 years old. They, they feel it's too dangerous. Uh, some people call them helicopter parents. So this beautiful, beautiful company developed a game called Pokemon Go where they don't even have to leave their house. They don't have the dangers of running into Wild Pidgey or Spearow. They don't get attacked. They can just play it on an electronic device and they can have all the simulated fun of actually being a Pokemon trainer. So Anthony, that sounds, you know, that sounds all right. From that perspective, certainly, but some of the habits this game teaches, it, it, it's uh, a disgusting display of the commoditization of the Pokemon industry that people can just throw away. They catch thousands of these things and throw them away to make one better in their party. It, it, is, uh, it is disgusting to see. But have you actually tried the candy? It's not just for the Pokemon. Yes, it powers them up, but it's quite tasty. I, that's disgusting to me. I, I cannot. Oh. Wait. Again, I, I think I need a, a, a clarifying question here, Joe. How, how is that candy made? You don't ask how the sausage is made. Why would you ask how the candy is made? Well, ethical consumption tells me that I need to know, you know, how things are produced in order to feel good about uh, supporting it, right? So, so traditionally, traditionally, you would hatch eggs by walking around or riding a bike, right? Right? You're, okay, we're talking so, about game mechanics. So, okay. so, no, 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 no. So, for Pokemon Go, what you do is they have a farm set up where it's a constantly moving, almost like a treadmill that hatches it all for us. Then we just use the phones to catch them. And when we don't want them, we send them to the professor, turns them into candy. It helps, helps provide nutrition for all of the rest of the Pokemon. It, it's, it's a wonderful, wonderful, very efficient process. 
And, and so, therein lies my issue because our, our Pokemon, you know, that, that we deal with on a daily basis, this is a, a, a lifelong companion. These are friends. These are uh, uh, creatures who, who depend on us and we depend on and, and to treat them uh, in such a manner. Uh, like uh, this game just feels like it sends the wrong message to our young, impressionable minds who are out there trying to uh, uh, simulate this experience that they should, you know, really have when they're older. So I think that's a good point, right? Uh, of course, we all know that that the video games uh, around the Pokemon universe tend to tend to exaggerate uh, the 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 natural process of things, you know. Uh, and so, the concern that I think Anthony and, and correct me if I'm wrong, uh, but the concern that it sounds like you have is around that like unethical treatment of Pokemon, right? Where uh, you know historically, folks would uh, consume Pokemon as a, you know, as a, as a part of their diets. And, you know, there are still some cultures where that's uh, considered acceptable and I don't mean to pass judgment, but uh, you know, we have taken a strong stance against the consumption of Pokemon and, you know, in a game, world uh it's not a huge problem right um because it's not real but at the same time it does raise those concerns i would love to see a pokemon go update where every time you uh turned a pokemon into candy you know you maybe you had to see uh a 15 second ad on uh you know animal abuse and Pokemon abuse and why those things are culturally unacceptable, you know, like just as a way to uh, enhance the experience to make it more educational. Something, something to push toward that common good that we're all seeking here. And I, I'm sorry, I came in hot, Joe. I, I this is a, it's just such a personal uh, subject to me. And I, I, I see these, uh, these people uh, playing the Pokemon Go out in the in the street. Uh, I watch them uh, cross into my yard, uh, and I just know that that the hapless Pokemon candy making is happening in my yard, and I, I just can't, I can't deal with it. I will say though, Anthony, I think it's important that like we have an experience similar to, but objectively different from the, uh, the historical brutality of Pokemon training. You know, uh, I think as a, as a whole, uh, raising Pokemon for battle and, uh, you know, pitting them against each other is starting to go out of style. Thank goodness. So barbaric, but you know, there needs to be something to fill the gap in the same way that impossible and beyond are starting to uh, fill that gap for uh, historic meat eaters, you know, who are trying to make a better choice for their lives. I think Pokemon Go is a great uh, option for that. Joe, do you talk about that in your podcast? Uh, we just talk about how to create the best fighters possible because uh, we are all about pokemon violence in pokemon go podcast so uh yeah we we just we try to make them you know teach the trainers how to sharpen the claws better and really really dig into flesh when they attack with that scratch attack wow <clears throat> well i uh i think i've heard what i need to hear uh this is the guest that you brought on the show anthony <clears throat> yeah well um you know <sighs> mike this is why 
this is why I asked you to be here too. You know, I, I just felt like uh, there was there's some element of this that needed uh, we needed to have an educational discussion. And, and Joe, I, you know, thank you for being here. Uh, and I, and I hope people who are so inclined to check out your show, check out your show if that's their their intention. But uh, I, you know, I just can't support it. Uh, uh, I'm sorry. It gets the the firm uh, ask the Pokedex expert. No, thank you. Joe, I will say that I would love to come on your show at any time and talk more about uh, the, the way that you, uh, you know, address Pokemon brutality with your audience. I think, I think maybe, you know, there's an opportunity to bring, uh, bring a different perspective into your space and maybe we could continue the conversation. You know, I think it's a, I think it's a cool, uh, a cool potential, right? Uh, I think you guys might have a good show on your hands, but I think it's important to, to recognize the social justice aspect that all of us as creators have in 2020. Sounds like a wonderful, wonderful opportunity. We can make that happen. See, Anthony? All right. No, you're right. There is a better way to handle this. And uh, I'm learning. I'm learning uh, how to treat a guest when they come on the show. So, Joe, I'm, I am sorry. Thank you for being a part of this. And, uh, and uh, once again, why don't you tell us where, where people can find you if they're so inclined? Uh, you can find me at Pokemon Go Pod on Twitter. Uh, and uh, yeah, you can learn all about how to sharpen those claws and, and get those fangs ready to just tear into flesh. Learn all about it. Thanks, Joe. Joe, if you'd like to have a, a continued discussion, uh, feel free to add us at Pokedexpert on Twitter. Uh, we, can, we can continue this conversation. Uh, I think it'd be interesting to hear what the community has to say. All right. Sounds awesome. Well, goodbye. Bye, Joe. <clears throat> this week, uh, we are talking about a fan favorite Pokemon uh, to the community. Mike, I, I think it's best if we just we just press forward. Uh, yeah, so sorry, uh, I'm, just, I'm, I'm a little shaken up, honestly. Uh, I didn't I didn't realize you were going to bring such a barbarian onto the show. I know, I know. Uh, this week we're talking about Magikarp, uh, as I have pictured here on screen. Uh, Anthony, so, yeah. Uh, your green screen again. Oh, is my head in the way? Do you need me to? Uh, yep, that. Okay. You nailed it, bud. Perfect. Uh, Magikarp, uh, I'm going to go ahead and turn this back off. Um, Magikarp is, uh, I got some, some info here about the Magikarp. According to the Pokedex, uh, Magikarp is a two foot 11 long, a uh, two foot 11 inch long Pokemon, and it weighs up to 22 pounds. The Pokemon is known for its relatively lackadaisical attitude toward life, and the community has a lot of questions about the fish Pokemon. But I also want to open this up to our uh, live chat here at the convention. So if you have questions about the social biology of the Magikarp, this expert is is here for you. So uh, I, I'm going to go ahead and uh, ask a couple of these that we have uh, teed up. Uh, and then you guys can start throwing your questions up about the Magikarp into the chat. So uh, uh, we have here, uh, how smart are Magikarp and how high can they jump? This is from Thinking on Three Island. So first off, can I just say that Magikarp is my favorite Pokemon? Oh, I'm so glad that I had you on for this then. I mean, this I'm is so just... glad. This is perfect. And, you know, uh, fittingly, uh, you know, we have been off the coast of Cinnabar here. I don't know if you can see it in the background. Uh, 
But so we've been doing our own, uh, you know, research more on the Gyarados side. Let's be honest. Uh, Gyarados is a little sexier, sells a little bit more books. But where would we be if we tried to research Gyarados without focusing on Magikarp first? You know, uh, you got to learn to walk before you can run. You got to learn to splash before you can hyperbeam. That's that's a very good point, uh, and uh, I think that Magikarp is really one of those underrated Pokemon. Uh, there was a lot of historical uh, issues with Magikarp, with people trying to use them in battle and facing uh, you know a lot of issues in that regard. And so uh, I'm, I'm very happy that we get a chance to dispel a lot of these rumors and talk about uh, uh, Magikarp to their core. Uh, yeah. So uh, you know, I think let's 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 uh, focus back on. We never want to leave. A question sure, yeah. unanswered. No, of course uh, not. Never. So, uh, will you repeat the question? Of course. How smart are Magikarp and how high can they jump? So here's the thing, right? I think intelligence comes in a lot of different ways. Uh, for Magikarp, for example, um, they, I think a lot of their intelligence is more potential than kinetic, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it, it's inside of them for sure. Like it has to be. Um, there's a lot of debate in the scientific community about the uh, the quality of life that a Magikarp faces pre-evolution. But I'll say this. Uh, I've got a lot of friends who are pretty simple people, you know, and I wouldn't necessarily call them dumb just because they don't have advanced degrees in the fields of Pokemon biology, sociology, or social biology, you know, just because they can't hold down a job at a radio station and need to, you know, expand their, uh, expand their horizons to something else just because technology eludes them sometimes, you know, and maybe, uh, maybe they showed up adequate, like, not adequately prepared for a panel uh, at a at a major convention you know i'm not gonna i'm not gonna say that they're stupid no of course not you know that that reminds me like with something that i'm working on here uh really? i i bought uh this camera this i bought this camera it's a uh i bought it for 800 dollars on ebay uh it's so hard to get a usb camera right now uh mm. and uh, uh, I, I mean, it's it's a, a a big upgrade from what I had, but you know, I feel like I feel like there's more I could be getting out of this thing, and um, and I, I don't feel like I'm stupid. No, I don't think so either. Uh, yeah. you know, everybody's got different intelligence strengths. You know, uh, you were smart enough, for example, to know when it was time to get uh, Joe from Pokemon Go podcast off the show. That yeah. was a masterstroke. Yeah. Um, um, now. As far as how high a Magikarp can jump, you know, uh, listen, every Magikarp is different, of course. You know, uh, I think I think that question tends to come from a place of insecurity. You know, if you're if you've got your own Magikarp and maybe it's not uh, leaping as high as maybe someone else's Magikarp is, that's okay. You know, I know we 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 focus a lot on. Uh, quantitative measurements of success uh, as Pokemon trainers, as, as, as people who have bonded to our animals, you know, and, and our Pokemon, like we really have that connection with them, but I think it's okay to look at them as qualitative, you know, maybe not how high can he jump, but how happy is your Magikarp when they jump? Uh, That I think, Oh, 
What a you great know, point. That's so good. Of course, it's not, you know, all that matters is the individual Magikarps' happiness, their livelihood. I mean, they're going to jump when they're ready to jump and they're going to jump however high they can jump. That's, you know, we don't need to be high they want. Exactly. You know, uh, exactly. I've seen, I have seen some in incredible tales of Magikarp leaping. You know, for example, uh, I was, I was in Cerulean one time and there was, there was a Magikarp with a, with a family of baby Magikarp behind it. And this Magikarp leaped across a street into a pond on the other side of the road just to get food for its babies and leap back. It was breathtaking. You know, that there is, was a little boy impressive. watching it and he put his hand up as the Magikarp leaped over him. The sun was setting. The scene was beautiful. That it, is, was, it was magnificent. It's, it is freeing in my soul to hear you talk about that. Uh, now, of course, that just... you know, my own Magikarp, not a leaper. And that's okay. It makes sense. Uh, I got another one here. It says, why is Splash ineffective even when Magikarp is in water? That's from Jumpin' Jimmy in Massachusetts. All right. Uh, That's his best, Anthony. Be, be kind. We're live. I, you know, today, you're right. Today's not the day for it. Uh, you know, you're getting closer. You're almost... You're almost uh, uh, nailing that that uh, like the way that we want you to, to phrase that. So you're getting close, Jimmy. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much for your question. Mm. Uh, anyway, Great I got another question. one here. It says, uh, dear Pokedexpert, uh, in a series of events for which I have not been legally incriminated, numerous Magikarp have been introduced into the local river and have flourished to the point of taking over the entire ecosystem. What would be the best way to lure and capture them in large quantities? Also, unrelated, would you mind if I use your name and likeness in association with my upcoming restaurant franchise? Many thanks. Spawning in Shalor City. Uh, great question, Spawning. Uh, there are a lot of uh, things to unpack here. Uh, you know, uh, I guess we'll start at the top. Magikarp can be an invasive species. It's really important that we're uh, focused on not just preservation uh, and not, you know, uh, not necessarily growing the Magikarp population, but uh, controlling appropriately. Um, you know, Anthony, uh, it's well documented my stance on the consumption of Pokemon. What? And so Do you what, think I'm, what I'm about to say may strike you as barbaric and I understand. And, you know, uh, before we go any further, pre uh, I want to prep you uh, and just say that I think perhaps Magikarp might be an opportunity to consider ethical consumption. Wow. The invasiveness of the wow. species can't be denied, Anthony. You know, uh, like Spawning mentioned in their, in their question, even an accidental release can lead to massive overpopulation. And so at what point... You know, if it's a, a human-caused situation, at what point should humans step in to rectify that situation? I think it's a good question. 
it just seems like such an extreme measure. Uh, let me let me uh, give you another one to consider. Uh, sure. Okay, maybe in a population that is overwhelmed by Magikarp, uh, you find an abundance of ten-year-olds and you allow them free capture of these abundant Pokemon to take with them. You know, we have seen in certain locations, uh, there is, there's been studies into places where there has been a baby boom, where all of a sudden uh, ecologies are devastated because as kids come of age and they begin to uh, embark on Pokemon journeys of their own uh, and try to uh, m capture some of these local wildlife, they we wind up with uh, huge issues of, uh, of sudden depopulation of Pokemon. Perhaps there is a way to direct some of that energy maybe we just need to make magikarp cool that's a good point anthony and you know i'm sorry to have left to such a an extreme suggestion right off the bat there it just it must be the sun that's getting to me you know it's 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 been a while that we've been at sea it just, it seemed like um, maybe, and maybe I don't know what your food situation is. Are you hungry? Do you need a sandwich? Uh, uh, is there something uh, that, that, that someone can get you while you're there? I, it's just such a, uh, a, a ridiculous assertion from you. I would not expect it to come from you at all. Yeah, I'm not hungry. Okay, uh, you know what, why don't we move now to uh, the audience questions. Uh, they've been uh, piling up. People are sending in questions about the, uh, the very special Pokemon Magikarp. If you have questions about Magikarp for our Pokemon expert, uh, Mike Ellison, please uh, send them our way. So let's start with this one. Tony P. Henderson asks, what can I do to train my Magikarp to be a better fighter? So, Anthony, I think the quest, the heart of the question, right, is uh, how do I help my Magikarp overcome the struggles that it experiences in the day to day, right? Oh, that's, that yeah, yeah, that's how I be. took that. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, must yeah, yeah. be the heart of the question. It couldn't possibly be about Pokemon battling. <laughs> No, you take that pansy fish and you take him into battle and you toughen him up. That's how you do it. That's how you do it. Get get him out of here. Get him out of here. Thank you. Oh my gosh. No, 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 no. Uh, I, I, I absolutely took this as a question of how can I train him to be better prepared to deal with the rigors and the challenges of a daily life that is, that is uncompromising for right. a Magikarp. That's how I took it as well. And to answer your question, I think a lot of care, you know, nurture, uh, talk to your Magikarp. It's been scientifically proven that the songs of Lugia actually calm Magikarp. And so if you've got a CD or, uh, you know, a cassette even, uh, and maybe one of those uh, shower speakers that you can just put in, your, in the tank with your Magikarp and play those sounds, uh, that will absolutely help your Magikarp deal with the rigors and the stress to fight through each day. I had a, I had a Magikarp in, uh, in college in my, in my dorm room, actually, and we used a Zune. Oh, sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. I've got one here from, that was a great question, Tony P. Henderson. Great question. Great question. Uh, I've got one here from Tactical Bacon 0 who asks, is there a better way to walk my Magikarp other than dragging him behind me for many miles? So, 
I would be really interested in this too, because I feel like proper exercise routines for Pokemon are so important, you know, and to, to get them into fresh air, to get them into nature when you have a Pokemon in captivity is so difficult, but a Magikarp, you know, that's a, that's a difficult one. Even if you put it in water, it just kind of wants to sit there. And I think that's a fair point. You know, um, it's a great question. Thank you so much, Tactical Bacon Zero Zero. I really appreciate yes. uh, your time calling in uh, with your questions or typing in with your questions and watching the stream. Sorry, uh, you know, used to radio shows. Uh, but I think uh, the the heart of the question is a good one. Um, you know, you don't want an an obese Magikarp. Uh, it's it's you know physically unhealthy uh for a magikarp to exceed that weight you know that that weight range that's published by the uh you know by the pokemon health centers uh basically if if your pokemon's pushing 30-ish pounds uh you might you might look at uh some sort of exercise routine i i do want to be clear uh that i'm sure what uh what tactical bacon meant by dragging him by dragging a magic cart behind him. I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure is at the beach as he walks through the surf. That must be it. Uh, because as everyone knows, uh, magic need to stay in water to stay alive. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They don't have legs. So, uh, that yeah. Would, so that for would any be... of our younger listeners, please don't take them out in the backyard, uh, and try to run them around in your, in your backyard. Unless of course your backyard is, water uh in which case they would belong there uh but you know i feel i feel that... important just to to go ahead and and, uh, and point out the 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 magikarp again as you see uh, uh right here uh fins fins on a magikarp um that's that, right I think Anthony. that's important to know you've you've been doing some science yourself huh yeah yeah wow. i've i've discovered Quite a bit about the Magikarp over the years, uh, one of which is no legs. I'm impressed. I'm impressed with what you've, what you've learned. Um, listen, one thing that Mo Magikarp are motivated by is food. Uh, they are very food-driven, which, and I know, you know, using food as a, as a motivator for exercise may sound backwards, but calorie-negative treats for Magikarp, like celery, really drives them wild and helps them stay, you know, stay at the, at the recommended weight ranges uh, until you're able to strengthen that Magikarp up enough for it to evolve into Gyarados when you can start using uh, live bait uh, as, as food. Uh, I've got one here from uh, stealth King 500 who asks, I'm trying to teach my Magikarp how to do something other than splash, but I'm having difficulties. Can you help me with tips on how to train him? It's a great, great question, Stealth King. Thank you so much. I think, I think being realistic about uh, what you want your Pokemon to do and recognizing the strengths and weaknesses of your Pokemon is very important. You know, uh, Maybe your Magikarp only knows how to uh, splash as an action, but maybe, just maybe, that Magikarp's love language is splash. And so as it's splashing, it's actually showing how much it loves and appreciates you. And maybe that can be enough, Stealth King. 
And I think it's important to note uh, in there, you know, asking a Magikarp not to splash is like asking a, a Pidgey not to fly. Uh, and, and you should really expect your Magikarp to splash. That's really uh, what it's going to do. Certainly. In the same way that, you know, Anthony is a born interviewer, you know, uh, Thank you, Mike. That was very kind. Uh, very kind words from you. Uh, and just as Mike is uh, born to sell his books, uh, his books uh, like The Great Ghastly now available. And I, I we, you know, we should have talked about this at the top, Mike, and I totally forgot. But uh, I really, my favorite thing about this new book of yours, this is your first foray into uh, fiction, like true fiction. Uh, but I, from what I understand, there's a little bit of your like scientific bent to it still. Oh, of course. I would never do a book that wasn't rooted in reality. You know, uh, I think I think taking a hard science approach to fiction is always what makes it more interesting. And so, you know, uh, as you're reading and you get to that block of 35 pages of just in-depth, hardcore biology about Ghastly, you're welcome. I know that that's what drives engagement with readers and really keeps people uh, glued to the screen. You know, that in lists. Those are the two things that I've learned. Uh, when you can put a good list in a book, people go nuts. And I know I, that this isn't about writing. I know this isn't a panel about uh, how to become a better writer, but I, I mean, that, is, uh, that was one thing that I loved about this book is there were easily seven lists. Uh, oh, and easily. the book's not that long. Um, anyway, great piece of writing by you. Some some beautiful, beautiful uh, uh, citations uh, in that center block. Uh, they they were just it was just a, a wonderful piece of writing, and I highly recommend it. Uh, I can't imagine how great uh, the Audible copy is if you get that on audiobook and listen to someone read those lists. Mm, just so good. The best thing about the Audible copy, they go into each MLA citation and just. Like they read the whole thing, open parenthesis, page number, last name, closed parenthesis. It's, it's beautiful. That's truly uh, one of my favorite things about Audible is how thorough uh, mm. they are in, term, in those terms. When, when you're reading something that is uh, so research focused. Yeah, uh, uh, they do I, a great job. I've got another question here from uh, Tisharest09, uh, who asks, does Magikarp also know how to splish as well as splash? That's a great question, Tisharest09. I really appreciate it. I think, uh, I think that question shows what a change of perspective can do for your Magikarp. And maybe that's an answer for, uh, for our previous question asker, Stealth King. You know, maybe... Maybe your Magikarp is doing something different. Have you considered that maybe you're not focusing enough on the differences between splishing and splashing? You know, there could great, be great point. There could be a handful of things that your Magikarp is doing that because you're uh, maybe you're distracted by your phone or by the internet or by you know children i don't know uh like maybe they're causing you to miss out on these special moments with your magic carp yeah i mean the the uh requirement of attention that a magic carp mm. has is i think maybe underrated uh, uh there is uh a severe uh 
lack of attention paid to a lot of these creatures when they are in captivity. They're maybe not the most interesting Pokemon. And I think it's really important that we we put the extra effort in, we take the extra care as Pokemon owners uh, to, to really give them the love, the affection, the attention that they need. And, and maybe some of these questions, uh, maybe they're a little bit on us to understand that uh, it's not about splishing and splashing and uh, or, or what they can and can't do. It's about just showing this Pokemon the love and appreciation they deserve. I couldn't have said it better myself, you know, from a, from a biological standpoint and a scientific standpoint, the Magikarp is fascinating. I think it undersells how important the Magikarp is to just dismiss it as a, as a Pokemon for 10 year olds. Um, I think it's a great starter Pokemon. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I think it's perfect for folks who uh, maybe don't have as much drive uh, scientifically to, uh, you know, but also want to have a Pokemon. But I, I think as, you know, the research is bearing out that it can also be a very, very crucial Pokemon to study. And I, I think that uh, uh, the, we're dovetailing into something I expected, honestly, much sooner um, with this next question that I think plays nicely with that. This is from uh, Mosher Size, uh, who asks, uh, question for the Pokedexpert, what are your thoughts behind industries force-feeding Magikarp metallic pellets in hopes that it will increase their chances of getting a shiny Gyarados? I'm glad. I'm glad this has been brought up. You know, uh, <laughs> mercury poisoning in Magikarp is serious. You know, these heavy metals can cause some serious problems with your Pokemon. And what I've seen from some of these, uh, some people call them breeders. I call them factories. You know, uh, it's some really unethical treatment. I'm sure... I'm sure Pokemon Go prod podcast has some opinions on it, but let me tell you, I don't share those opinions. Pokemon Go podcast, Joe Ard, I disagree. Well, and, but, I, and I think in general, it's not even just these shiny f farms that you've uh, uh, hmm. alluded to, right? But in general, there is a, uh, a mistreatment of this Pokemon, of, uh, of Magikarp, uh, in the means to try and create Gyaradoses for the market, right? To try and, and fill a niche that is uh, a rather difficult Pokemon to cultivate in a, uh, in a captive sense that occur much more dangerously naturally to try and capture and sell that, that maybe if you can create massive amounts of these Pokemon, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of money to be made. Yeah. Uh, I think you're spot on on that, right? I think there's a, there's a serious concern that I have that Gyarados is looked at as like a, a guard type Pokemon, you know, um, it's still a Magikarp at heart. Like we were talking about before, you got to learn to splash before you can learn to hyper beam. You got to learn that Magikarp at its core is an emotional, sensitive Pokemon. And Gyarados is the same. If you raise your own Magikarp into a Gyarados, it's going to reward you with the same kind of love. It's going to be bigger. It's going to wrap around you. And that's okay. 
it's the same thing. Like Tony was saying about uh, fighting earlier, fighting every day to survive. That's the world that a, a Magikarp grows up in. And so the way that you help that Magikarp fight and survive and blossom into a Gyarados is going to change that Gyarados's behavior towards you. Uh, I've got one here from Assorted Geekdom. It says, uh, what's the best way to turn Magikarp into sashimi? Okay, all right. This is this is some of the same, you know, sick thinking that we were getting from Joe Ard earlier in the show. This, so this- uh, I, I will say, uh, uh, I have heard uh, that if you slice lengthwise along the backbone uh, and make sure that the fillet knife stays above the ribs, uh, you can get a very good cut of cut of Magikarp. Uh, I've heard. I I have heard. Uh, there is a there is a, a a a slight kind of lift to the blade that needs to be done around the kidney, but uh, once you get past that, it's smooth sailing all the way to the tail. I have heard. Um, again, you know, I I would. I just next question. Great question. Okay. Next question, uh, Anthony. <clears throat> I have a question here from Tisharest09 that asks, uh, could Arceus feed everyone with five loaves of bread and two Magikarp? I mean, yeah, obviously. This is uh, uh Arceus is uh capable of all a great many things, and if if Arceus provides you a Magikarp, you consume a Magikarp, I guess. Uh, that's the only circumstance under which it would ever be acceptable. Uh, but, uh, you know, that is what it is. Um, I, have a, I have one here from a swan named Emily who asks, what is the Pokedexpert's stance on catch and release? So, I know we've talked about this a couple of times on the show. Uh, catch and release can be very traumatic for Pokemon. Uh, you know, it. I think there are more humane ways to do it. Uh, you know, if you're out there with your hands, uh, maybe you're treating uh, the the water to 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 get Magikarp closer to you, and then you're gently caressing the Magikarp before it swims away. You know, that's probably the least invasive way to do that. Uh, if you are casting out uh, a fishing line with a hook on the end of it, you're permanently damaging a Magikarp. Imagine, if you will, seeing a bunch of humans just covered in, you know, scars around their lips because someone cast a hook out with, uh, I don't know, ants on a log on the end of it and you're like, oh, I like ants on a log and you take a bite and next thing you know, you've got a hook in you. It's the same thing. You know, um, it that's just, a very good point. I mean, you catch more flies you, you with honey than with vinegar. Situation. Right. And you catch more Magikarp with very ants true. on a log than hooks. Yeah. Uh, and Magikarp are gonna, uh, I mean, look, it doesn't take an expert to catch a Magikarp. You don't need to be using uh, fancy hooks and uh, and difficult equipment. Uh, you really can just, if you see one, I mean, you can just pick it up uh, and then you know release it back. It'll it won't even go anywhere. So uh, you know, again, not that they are uh, uh, unintelligent creatures. They you know they just they have their own approach to things. Uh, I think it's important to note that that plenty of creatures you know 
they don't leave where they start, where, where you pick them up from, right? Like uh, maybe you come home, uh, you're born, you live in a house, you never leave that house. That's fine. That's totally normal. So, I mean, it's just like the Magikarp. Uh, they they live in that one place forever. That's that's fine. That's very true of Magikarp. Yeah. Anthony, what's the next uh, question? So I've got another question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Next question here is from Kruggles, who asks, can you house more than one Magikarp in a single tank? How many Magikarp do you want? Because if you house a male and a female Magikarp in the same tank together, the answer is going to be too many. That's true. Uh, and I, I think it's also important to note that Magikarp do grow to the size of their tank. Uh, so you want to make sure if you have two Magikarp that you have uh, ample, ample space for those Magikarp, even if they are not male and female. If they are male and female, you don't have enough space uh, for the Magikarp. You just don't. You know the saying, uh, when, when two people get together for the first time and they, they, like they're, they're in that honeymoon phase, you know, we, we in the field like to say, oh, I bet they're mating like Magikarp. You know, like that's, that's the level uh, that we're talking about. So, I think that's a uh, a great point. I mean, they they are they have a reputation for a certain. Uh, so just be careful. Be careful about how much uh, how much Magikarp you truly want. Uh, I've got another question here from uh, wbean zero two six, who says, "Question for the Pokedexpert: Can I evolve my Magikarp by throwing it in a hempen sack and swinging it against a wall?" Now, obviously, I think this is hyperbole. Uh, clearly, this person would never actually do this. But I, I think it was important to bring up uh, to you that uh, there are people who might think this is a, a viable way to try and turn a Magikarp into a Gyarados. And, and I really want to make sure that, that uh, we discuss that and address it. Um, moderator, are you there? I think he's a... uh, can can we uh, can we get the IP address of that that user wbean zero two six and just make sure that uh, the the appropriate Pokemon authorities are notified. Uh, he's a patron of Pokemon Go podcast at patreon.com slash Pokemon Go podcast. That tracks. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that makes more sense. I get to see now exactly the kind of uh, listenership that Joe Art is pulling in. Uh, yeah, okay, I Trolls, see. Trolls, Anthony. Um, this is moderation one on one, right? Uh, sometimes you gotta you gotta see a question, you gotta recognize that it's trolling, and you gotta move on from it. I I am sorry. I thought that this was uh, a, an attempt to expose a darker side of Pokemon care uh, of people trying to 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 take extreme measures uh, with their own Pokemon. But now I see that we were just being trolled. We were just being trolled. Man, we were Mike, duped. Is, I'm I am so you sorry. were duped. I Anthony. feel. I feel like I feel like a real idiot. Uh, I, I feel so I feel so stupid to have asked that question here, in this place. Now this is why I feel stupid. This right here. No, Anthony. Again, <sighs> intelligence takes different forms. Hey, ask another question. I, you know, Mike. I, I would. We're just. We're almost out of time. And so the question that I really have is for you, where I ask you, where can people find you on the internet, Mike? People can find me on patreon.com slash Pokedexpert. 
that's probably the best place. Hey, uh, again, a shout out to all of my patrons. Uh, I know that the September newsletter hasn't come out yet. Uh, as you can see, I've been remote, uh, you know, the the amount of internet bandwidth that I had to save up uh, to be able to afford to make this call today, to be on the show, to help out my buddy, Anthony, uh, you know, it just hasn't allowed me the the, the time to, to get that newsletter published, but I promise it's written. Uh, and, you know, by, by the 10th, guaranteed you'll have it. Uh, so anyone who wants, uh, after seeing this panel, to sign up for the newsletter, again, that's uh, Pokemon, uh, <laughs> patreon.com slash Pokemon. Pokedexpert. And if you want to support the show, uh, you can go to patreon.com slash Pokedexpert1 and you can become a patron of my show, this show, Ask the Pokedexpert. That's why we picked Pokedexpert1 as our Patreon handle. And um, yeah, support the show so that uh, so I get paid. Uh, yeah, if that would like be to great. get more books uh, like... And uh... You know, the great ghastly, uh, uh, you know, again, patreon.com slash pokedexpert. Again, great ghastly, a fantastic novel. If you, if you have not picked up Mike's book, please go out and get it. It's, uh, it's absolutely wonderful, uh, coming of age story and an understanding of the Pokemon that you just wouldn't expect otherwise through this, uh, this fictional narrative. It's, it's truly fantastic, Mike, uh, uh, incredible work. Oh, and um, be and, uh, on the lookout if, as well, because I I am going to try to get on the Pokemon Go podcast. Uh, again, that is uh, Twitter. I think they, they said, right? They're on Twitter. Anthony, is that correct? I, I you know, I was I was fuming so hard that I, I, I just I couldn't uh, piece. Of, maybe uh, the, perhaps the uh, uh, moderator. Do you have that information on hand where they Look, can be found? If you want to oh, be no, no, get the best, guy out of like here. no one ever was, go to Twitter at Pokemon Go Pod. You can turn your puff into tough. Well, I mean, anyone can turn a Jigglypuff into wiggly tough you just gotta wait and care for it and be gentle and loving uh your your jiggly tough right. your jiggly puff will turn into wiggly tough when it's ready and of course if you uh want to hear more of my discussions with various guests um I mean, mo I, I should say most of my guests so far have been Mike, uh, but but with various guests, and then please go to uh, anchor.fm slash Pokedexpert. That's where our podcast lives now. I managed to salvage some of the uh, episodes from our radio days, and they're up there too. Uh, so, uh, you know, between the two, you should be able to, to sync right in, and, and we'll be coming back with new episodes real soon. Uh, do you and have a Twitter you for that show, everyone. Anthony? Uh, yes. Yeah. It's, uh, 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 Twitter doc, uh, Twitter doc. Uh, it seems like you went muted. Sorry. I hit the, I hit the wrong button. It's twitter.com slash home. Nope. Uh, that's what it says on my screen. When I click here, it says twitter.com slash home. Uh, so maybe that's what you're seeing uh folks if you want to follow anthony i got your back button if okay. you want to follow right. anthony uh you can go to twitter.com slash pokedexpert oh oh look at that 
Yeah, Pokedexpert slash Pokedexpert. Beautiful. Uh, thank you to everyone who came out to this panel. Thank you to Dragonite Con for having us. Uh, we were so happy to be here and uh, we cannot thank you all enough. Uh, so we'll see you again real soon.